0: Two peas Two and a bongs and a bong.
1: Two peas and a bong. Two peas Two and a bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong.
2: all right y'all two peas in the bong in the building again it's your boy dp it's
0: your boy kp
2: and ubon what's happening all right so we just gonna Recap, what we saw this weekend starting Friday, you know, the NBA um, was back in full effect with the actual real games, the beginning of this bubble situation, the official games that are that will go on record, um, started out with, you know, a game between the Lakers and the Clippers, which is one that we've been talking about. Well, I think the the Pelicans game was before that one, right? Yeah, Pelicans Jazz. Pelicans Jazz, and then the Clippers and Lakers. Um, did y'all get to catch any of the games opening night? The uh, the 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 Clippers Lakers. I did get to watch that. Did you catch the Pelicans Jazz? I did not. Uban, did you catch Pelicans Jazz at all?
1: Yeah, I watched both.
2: What you think about the uh, Pelicans and Jazz game?
1: Um, it was a uh, really high turnovers. I think they both had twenty plus turnovers, but. Uh, That made for a good game was a lot of swings. So I think uh, the Jazz went up early. Pelicans went up towards the middle and, you know, big swings. Uh, The Pelicans lost by two. Um, And the the biggest thing that uh, caught my attention was the fact that Zion only played 13 minutes. <laughs> in a scenario where you guys had a chance to win that game. And I think that essentially took the heart out of the Pelicans. <laughs> and I think which they- is
2: kind of crazy, man, because you, you're on a minutes restriction. And I think we kind of talked about this off air. You're on a minutes restriction after a long layoff. Like, what the fuck is that all about?
1: After a four month layoff. And they're saying that uh, they don't want your body to break down because you're out of shape. You're out of shape after four months off where you knew that you were going to be coming back and you knew that you were, you know, like you already had the limitations going into the layoff, like the Pelicans staff should have been putting together, uh, out of this world diet and out of this world workout routine for Zion. He should, they should have been babysitting him essentially, you know, to keep him, uh, in shape to where, you know what I'm saying? When he came back, he could do what he could do where he could do what he was supposed to do because if you look at it, it's we're we're recording it Sunday. Memphis has lost both games. Mm-hmm. Portland is one and one. Mm-hmm. Sacramento lost both games. Like, yeah, Pelicans lost both. <laughs> but the Pelicans lost both, and the, and the Pelicans could have won Game One. Now, if they win Game One, how does that you know how does that make Game Two different? you come into game two with a with a different outlook. If you come out and you win game one and Zion looked good, I think he had, what, 14 points or 12 points in 13 minutes? Like, the fuck is like, I, I man, I'll never get that. I will never get that part. Like, that shit is pissing me off because it's like you want to keep him in bubble wrap. So what's, what you going to do next year? Is he going to come out the gate next year? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because well, we don't know when the, when the, when a the new season is going to start because – I mean, obviously there has to be some concessions made because this shit is going to roll into, you know, what would have been the start of next year. Right. Uh, the shortened offseason, does he come out on a minutes restriction next year, too?
2: Right, right. 13 points in 15 minutes, zero rebounds. So, yeah, you know. But um, I'll say this, man, that, that they did lose by two. It was 106-104. I like the fact that Ingram, Brandon Ingram, went for the win. He shot, he shot a three and it went in and out and they lost but I can I can live with that you know what I'm saying like he was like fuck it like his confidence and his play he to me is the most improved player this year like for sure um but I like their team man I like their I like the Pelican squad so I
0: was on Twitter um I get on Twitter from time to time and I I was uh talking with some people about basketball and uh one of the questions was you have two sons You have a a, a senior, you have a junior. They're heading to prom. One has proven himself, always follows directions, hard worker, all that. That's That's the senior. The junior is more popular and everybody likes him. Who do you give the keys to your Ferrari to? Which son? The question was pertaining to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Whose team is it? So I I was going back and forth with another guy that coaches. So that was just one of the things. That was one of the questions and one of the things I was posed. Before you move on, what what, what was your answer? Have, what would your answer have been to that shit? Like, oh my, my I'm going with Brandon Ingram. It's Brandon okay. Ingram, and 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 I and I'm giving him the keys to the car. Okay. Um. So another person chimed in and said, you know what? You're gonna call me crazy. But I would trade Zion Williamson this offseason while his stock is sky high and get return on him before it all goes to shit. I thought about that and I was like, huh. I asked myself, who does Zion Williamson remind me of? Man, when I look at him, I personally see Blake Griffin. That's who I see. Are you going to win with Blake Griffin? Did the Clippers win with Blake Griffin? No. No. You've got a young core. You've got a good team around you, a, a young core player. Wait, wait, wait.
2: Pump the brakes. What, what do you mean, the Clippers? You mean a championship? I do. Or mean did that. they win games? I, I, I mean, were they a winning team? Because they were a winning team with Blake Griffin. I mean a championship. Okay. I, because I was going to say that was actually their best stretch in quite some time when they, had, they were featuring Blake Griffin and uh, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, if you want to go with a big three. She on- it's like
1: a, you know,
2: <laughs> huh? She she Andre Hooper. Hey, whatever you want to call
1: him, man. I, I think the the problem with that, I'm just gonna say this before you continue, Kev. The problem with that team, as it was told by multiple sources, including some of the players, was that they didn't get along off the court. Like they had chemistry issues that fucked off them reaching their you know reaching their potential as a team that team was good enough to contend for a championship i thought so they couldn't beat memphis
0: and it boiled down to zach randolph was punkin blake griffin But what
1: does that have to do? So at that point, if if Blake Griffin, if Blake Griffin, you can't go to him against Zach Randolph. How many Zach Randolphs do you have in the league? That's where Chris Paul has to step up.
2: I was about to say, Zach Randolph punked everybody in the league, to be honest. You
1: remember the viral clip where him and uh, Boogie Cousins were on the line? (laughs) Yeah. Zach Randolph told him, I'm from where the bullies get bullied. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Thinking what? Who was, <laughs> ain't nobody fucking with, with, Z- with Z- Stop it! <laughs> Blake Griffin didn't want that. Oh, I think said I'm from where the bullies get bullied. Okay, so but what I'm okay. So go ahead. Let me. I'll let you so, finish.
0: So I ask you, I ask y'all, how many franchise players
1: don't have a go to move? But here's the thing. All all that being said, Kev, he don't. We don't even know what Zion looks like because the Pelicans will not unveil him. <laughs> <laughs> I could understand if the Pelicans were playing him 35, 40 minutes a game and he doesn't look good. The dude is out here killing it with the limited amount of numbers that he, he doesn't even get that much time. But the when he's out there, he balls out. And this is with him being fat, overweight, out of shape. The Pelicans, if they've done anything, they've mismanaged their their end of the bargain. You have world-class trainers you have world-class dietitians somebody sit this man down and tell him you are a fucking investment of the pelicans you owe us more bro you need to get your weight down to a certain size because we want to see the zion williamson from high school we want to see the zion williamson from duke we don't want to see big baby davis
2: (laughs) (laughs) but kevin kevin Uh to directly address your question yeah what is lebron james's go-to move uh good answer okay good good, good response. i'm just saying yeah i don't think you necessarily have to have a go-to move i i, I don't
0: I, I would say that he in but it would go back to uh the same thing and don't I,
2: tell me that bullshit ass look down at the floor step I would, back I, would, I, would, I would, now because
0: that is i was just gonna <laughs> say lower the shoulder and bully his man to the back i
2: mean i don't know if that's a go-to move but that's the same that he...
0: but you could also say the same thing for zion williamson He's just yeah, but then if, if
2: you're saying that that's if that's LeBron's, then you could say that was Blake Griffin's because that's what he was doing. Yeah, he was, he was lowering his shoulder. So LeBron and Blake Griffin have the same go to move. But LeBron's a better passer. Um, okay, now but, you're throwing in another element. I'm but, I'm just answering your question that you yeah. threw out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I,
0: but I, I'm also going to say this: It was said in reports that Zion Williamson supposedly lost weight and gained. Twenty pounds of muscle. Yeah,
2: I heard them saying
1: that too, and it's like you know, in the words of maury and the lie detector test determined that was a lie. Like, <laughs> <the
2: fuck? laughs> oh shit,
1: <laughs> get the fuck out of here, man.
2: Are hey, some- but look for for that game though, man. I um. You know, I know we keep talking about Zion. I do like the Pelicans. I think they're a, they're a solid squad. Uh, on the opposite side of, of the ball, um, you had Conley who played a lot better. He was kind of in a slump to me, you know, in the beginning of the season. But I don't really see the Jazz as a team that's going, to you know, really, really uh, do some damage. And then since the Pelicans are coming out the gate, don't look like they want to put anything together to do some damage either. So um, it might be just throw those two teams out of the mix anyway but the
1: jazz are in the playoffs like they
2: No I know but I'm saying I'm saying to do some actual damage though like oh, yeah, will yeah. they really do no. something you know no. what I mean like yeah I don't see them I don't see them uh doing any damage i think the jazz would <laughs> probably lose to the pelicans in the seven game series if they really actually you know if the pelicans could kind of get it together but bro they
1: was talking yeah. about um i was watching the show the other day and they were talking about when remember when zion blew blew his uh blew his uh blew his tire yeah. in uh in college yeah his his foot blew through the shoe and i think he was out for a month He came back during the ACC tournament and played like 30 plus minutes in three straight games. He is young as fuck. You don't need to put this motherfucker on a minutes restriction. He's not going to like stop it, man. Y'all treating him like he's LeBron James in year 17 or a Tim Duncan on the back end of his career. Nah, man, he can't play back to backs. Nah, he can only play 13 minutes a game. Bro, like rip the packaging off this motherfucker and let him go either that or you guys are clearly trying to find your way on the outside of the bubble or on the outside of the playoffs so you guys can maybe stack another lottery pick but I don't even see how that even makes sense you guys are pretty stacked at every position with young players Mm -hmm. I keep telling motherfuckers I don't care how many stars you put together the 76ers tried to do it they end up trading three three or four of those lottery picks there's only one ball you got Brandon Ingram he wants he's going to command 25 points a game you got Zion Williamson he's going to command 25 points a game who else do you need in the in the draft you want mellow ball no you think that is is gonna help the team
2: you gotta it be it. A good fit.
1: but what i'm saying is you don't have a, a deandre ayton you know like a straight defender that you can like you know hey if deandre ayton's in this draft then you can potentially get him at number one okay great i get it
0: that gotta, is what I, they're missing. i will i will say that there is a guy that they could use that will be in this draft in a james wiseman James Wiseman will help that
2: situation. But again, it's one ball, man. Yeah. I mean, if they, you know, if they really want to, if they're experimenting, well, I won't even say if they're experimenting, but if they're not expecting to do shit in the bubble, you know, this will be the time to get your players some exposure and actually just get them out there and, you know, get some game time experience. I mean, you got uh Jackson Hayes on the squad. If you're looking for you looking for that defender type player, throw him out there, get him some run. You know, let him bang around with, with the big boys, so to speak, and, and get ready for next year. Yeah, if that's a, really what you're looking forward to. He's a young pogo stick. Right. So, but but I mean, you know, whatever you want to say about this game, I would say in terms of expectations and you know who you expect to really be playing deep into this playoff situation. The second game would be a complete contrast because you have who we have been talking about for quite some time now. The top, in our opinions, the the way it boiled down with the top two teams, at least in the West, who will battle for a shot at an NBA title. And that's the Lakers and the Clippers. We've been talking about who's the, you know, the king of L.A. for quite some time. Uh, A couple episodes, we've already talked about it. Um,
1: Hey, DP, it's not even our opinion. Number one and number two in the West are the Lakers and Clippers.
2: Right. Like seeding wise. Yeah, they are number one and number two in the East. I don't think there's anybody who's really going to beat them. I don't think Milwaukee is strong enough. But I mean, we could talk about that in a minute. But um, those two that that particular game, it, it came down to a, a last minute type situation as well. Yeah. Um. So for the NBA, I guess it's a win win. Uh, winning the first game because it was close, winning the second because it was close. So entertaining wise, people have been salivating for some shit for some sports to come back. So I don't think you would say it was a, a failure by any means. Um, But I mean, let's get into the game, man. What, is, what did y'all think about the, the game during the game and the actual outcome of it?
0: As a Laker fan, it was so disappointing to see the game that close and to see the way that LeBron James played. Uh, You know, his stat line, 16 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists. He's got to do better he's got to be better. Uh, Anthony Davis, the the he he's a mismatch. No one could guard him. But if Anthony Davis is going to stand out and shoot threes, as opposed to getting closer to the basket and playing with his back to the basket a little bit more, we're beatable. We've got to do better at the point guard spot. Rondo not being there hurts us. Avery Bradley not being in the bubble hurts us. Um, Deion Waiters was an excellent pickup. Excellent pickup. Kyle Kuzma you know I maybe he got to take off them Pumas I don't know but (laughs) Kuz Kuz ain't been the same maybe Kuz wants to be in New Orleans as Uman alluded to before maybe he's mad that he wasn't in the trade and they put Brandon Ingram in instead of him maybe he's looking at Brandon Ingram saying this could have been my team I I don't know Contavious Caldwell poop has been killing me man Danny Green can't <laughs> can't hit the backboard. I mean, he can't hit nothing. Uh it, it it's just I thought that the Lakers when when I found out when you know, when it's when you say no Lou Will, no Montrez Harrell, you don't know what's going on with Beverly, you think that the Lakers were gonna run through the Clippers. At least I did. I but man, Paul George is oh man, he's ridiculous. Kawhi Leonard, man, they're tough, man. And I think that they're long enough and strong enough to contain lebron and it just it kind of showed me more that hey man the lakers it, it's not a clear cut fate they're not a clear cut favorite at this point um given the the outcome of the game And given the Clippers being shorthanded, the Clippers are shooting that three ball very, very well. And if the Lakers are going to try to shoot the three ball with the Clippers, it's going to be a long series for the Lakers, man. They've got to use their advantages, which is play with your back to the basket a little bit more. LeBron needs to play with his back to the basket a little bit more. I don't know what the hell he was doing. He got bailed out on the game winner.
2: He can not play with his back to the basket because he has to handle the ball more. Now he has to be more of a, of a facilitator. You came out the gate talking about the point guard position being the weak spot. Who you think is going to handle the ball? He was already handling it too much. Now,
0: now I mean, but, before, but like, I'm
2: just saying you just said that you're down... A couple of point guards.
1: So who do you think our, is our top you know? point guards are not there? Right. So Who's he, he can't give us your take on uh on um on uh quinn cook. Maybe he oh, should man, Quinn Cook has played under
0: the brightest lights, man. He you know, he, he he's he's got a championship bad being a backup in gold state. So I'm this is me. If you're going between Quinn Cook and Alex Caruso, give me Quinn Cook. I'm gonna go with Quinn Cook because Quinn Cook can knock down shots. And that's what the Lakers – the Lakers need someone – LeBron
1: needs someone to spread the floor and knock down shots. For everything Quinn Cook can knock – maybe he can knock down shots. I don't think the Lakers need another person that can knock down shots. I think um, they need somebody that can play defense, and especially um, with Avery Bradley being gone. And I think Caruso provides that he's like the the gritty – like the Luke Walton, like, you know, he'll get dirty. He'll make a, he'll, he'll, he'll affect the game in, in different ways. And it doesn't necessarily have to be shooting. Um, but he's more of a, a an all around player than Quinn cook. That's just my take on that. Um, big picture. Um, a D made it abundantly clear the, the role of the, of the, of the super, the NBA superstar in 2020. He said, before the season started when frank vogel the hot, the, the the very you know very maligned frank vogel said hey man we'll probably try and play him at the 5 a little bit he said ah, i don't want to play the 5 i want to play the 4 bro you got advantages at the 5 yeah but the selfish superstar in 2020 would rather look good all a la white man can't jump right <laughs> rather lose looking good, you dig, than just stick to the fundamentals and win the right way. I literally watched today. So today's Sunday. We're recording late. I just watched Milwaukee lose to Houston with P.J. Tucker 6'6", as their center, and you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez out there, two legitimate seven-footers out there. Mm -hmm. You lost to a team that shot 62 three-pointers an NBA record for a regular for a game that did not go into overtime 62 threes and they're six mm-hmm. six because the NBA has adopted a style that is has basically said we don't need the big man we just refuse to play the big man we we will if you have an advantage and you're you're shooting you know you your advantage is shooting from outside we're going to play to your strengths instead of playing our strengths instead of pounding them on the on da- down on the inside that being said Here's the deal on uh, on A.D. and LeBron, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, A.D., if you look at his numbers over the, the uh, four games that they played the Clippers this year, he's been cooking their ass in the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. A.D. cooks their ass in the first three quarters. LeBron James, the Clippers have his number for the season, not just this game. Against the Clippers, he's shooting 37%. Here's the thing. There are no other teams that can trot out Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that can both play lebron. You you don't have any other team so yes. If the Lakers run into the Clippers, somebody else is going to have to provide something for them to help them get over the hump because LeBron James just the, the Clippers are too tall. I mean, you have Kawhi Leonard, he's what 6-7? Mm-hmm. Paul George, he's 6-7, LeBron James 6-8, and these dudes Kawhi is strong too. But check this out, Uban, I I think the Clippers also had the
2: freedom by picking up uh Marcus Morris, and then they can even go to jamaica Green just to have bodies to give LeBron a little pressure, and then give those two guys some a break to go hard on the offensive side of the game. So that that Marcus Morris pickup was big. It's huge, bigger than people are really like you know giving it giving the credit for it. But here's the
1: deal: great, you got bodies to throw at him. If LeBron James sees uh, um, Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris or Jermichael uh, Green on him, it's immediate punishment. You got to punish him immediately. No, you're not. That's going- fine, though. What that's I'm that's is fine. What I'm saying, DP, is that fuck that. You're not getting the rest. If you want to slow me down, bring these two big dogs out here and make them play defense. Press the issue so that they can't. OK, if y'all want to do that, that's fine. But when y'all see these two scrubs in front of me, it's straight punishment. I'm, I'm right. Gonna- 10, 12 points. Right,
2: but then you've taken your two guys, and now who's guarding them? For, for the Clippers' sake, who's guarding Who's guarding Kawhi if LeBron ain't, and then who's guarding Paul George if LeBron ain't? So the same way LeBron can go cook, 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 whoever's in front of him now, you got double the trouble on the opposite end. But Paul George has been cooking them. Right, but now I'm saying throw, throw Kawhi out there with no LeBron. It's like they can kind of Cruise control on defense because LeBron is going to be the one who has the ball, right? And who's really going to pressure? Who's really going to uh garner that attention from Kawhi Leonard or Paul George on the defensive end from on the Lakers roster? Other than the LeBron on on the
1: on the wing on the perimeter, we don't have anybody. Yeah, but what I'm here's what I'm saying. Okay, so let me just. I now I I get what you're saying.
0: You're saying you're saying you're saying punish them bums and just. Runoff points. It's a disgrace cool. to put those guys on you. You're LeBron James. You're that's Jamichael
1: Green. Kill him. And and what I've what I've noticed is and even in the um in the following game. So Lakers won the Clippers game by two. The following game, LeBron, there were times when they played Toronto. And quietly, if Toronto would have kept Kawhi Leonard, I think they'd be the favorite to to win the title this year. They're that good without Kawhi. And um because there's no – the kryptonite to Toronto was Golden State. Golden State's out the picture. There's no team. If you put Kawhi on – anyways, I'm not even going to go down that. I didn't even want to go down that rabbit hole. That shit ain't happening, so fuck it. But I'll say this. <laughs> I watched the next game. LeBron, there were, there were times in the Toronto Lakers game where – in game two of the bubble, uh, the Lakers game two of the bubble, where your team was dying. And they're asking LeBron, save us. And he was trying to facilitate, bro. <laughs> I need you to be a fucking alpha dog and go get us a bucket. I don't understand that shit. He was trying so hard. It's, it's almost like, and I think by now, you know, just the sentiment of uh, the NBA experts, because they've already casted their votes for the MVP. LeBron knows that he's not winning the MVP. It's going to Giannis. So I think he took his foot off the gas, like, fuck it. So now I think he wants to, uh, because he has a chance to um, solidify the, uh, the league leader in assists, because he, he leads the league in assists, and he has a chance to finish the season as you know the top you know, assist guy in the league. So now I think he's trying to pad those stats to get assists. Bro, we need you right now to be the alpha dog. And it's like in a tight game, or you're down by two. You're trying to find uh, Danny Green who just missed four or five threes in a row and you you're kicking it out to him because he's open. He don't want it. <laughs> like I saw I saw possessions where the Lakers were playing hot potato because nobody can make a three, so they didn't want to shoot it anymore. Oh man. You I- don't have the guy you don't have the guy on your team that's that's going to continue to shoot. So LeBron, when we need you to just put your head down, go downhill against Toronto who doesn't have a a, a true a true like rim protector what sergey Ibaka? put your head down and get to the basket it's like he'll pick his spot so like in the clippers game toward he didn't do none of that bullshit all game but then towards the end of the game last two three minutes now you putting his head down and getting to the basket it's almost like he wants to pick and choose when he's gonna pull that out but what you're doing is you're putting the game or leaving the game in a balance for the 25 or 30 minutes that you don't do that you get what i'm saying Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, could, it could be a different outlook before you even
2: get to that last three minutes for sure. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, dude. And, it's, and that shit is killing
0: me. I remember that hot potato play, man. That shit was horrible.
1: Come on. JaVale McGee ended up with the ball? And it ended with a shot clock violation. <laughs> like, yeah. it, was, it, it, was, it was the worst shit I've seen all weekend. But, um, but with all that being said, the thing that's killing me is that the Lakers win the game. And the pundits the next day come out and start talking about, well, you know, yeah, Clippers are going to take this thing. I mean, they only beat them by two points, and that was without Sweet Lou, uh, without uh, Montrez. Okay, I'll say it before I say it again. The motherfuckers is only one basketball. Let's go back. Since we want to dig into the crates, let's go back to the last game the Lakers played against the Clippers where the Clippers had Sweet Lou out there, had. Trez out there, let's see, Clippers 103, Lakers 112, LeBron James had another terrible game, 7-17 from the field, ended with 28 points, Uh, Anthony Davis, 11-19, 30 points, well, was ineffective in the fourth quarter, just like he was on on Thursday. Uh, Let's go to Sweet Lou, Sweet Lou played 3-11 of from the field, Seven points. Where Big Trez at? Ah, Montrez, seven to 10, 20 points. He was. He did his thing, and they still lost 103 to 112. Kawhi Leonard was 9 to 18 for 27 points. Paul George was 9 to 16, 3 or 7 from 3 for 31 points. They got 60 points out of Kawhi Leonard and, and uh, Paul George, the same as, as they did Thursday night. Montrez Harrell gave him a dub. Lou Williams gave him seven, and y'all lost. So they acting like, oh, yeah, just just drop Montrez and Lou Will in the game, and they wiping the the floor with the Lakers. No, the Lakers are really a great defensive team. They just need to figure out how to balance the LeBron James and AD thing because, like you said, AD is unstoppable. The Clippers put him at the free throw line 17 times on Thursday. Like, that means that you motherfuckers cannot stop him. And, oh, man, he's just like his IQ is crazy because you're seeing – He knows exactly what play to make, when to pass it, when to go up. He had the Clippers defenders reeling. They don't have an answer for AD. I don't know why he can't get off in the fourth quarter against the Clippers, but the first three quarters of every game that we've been in against the Clippers, he's kept us viable and in the game and given LeBron James a chance to come in the fourth quarter and potentially quote unquote save us. Uh, It worked out two times. It did not work out the other two times, but Let's stop acting like Lou Will, who's on his what seventh, eighth, eighth team, and Montrez Harrell are like the difference between the Clippers winning the championship and not winning the championship. That's just well, gonna. Let's stop,
2: act, let's stop acting like they won't make a difference, though, because that's kind of how you've been coming at it a little oh, bit, and it oh, sounds like no, well, no. I know there's only one. I know there's only one ball, but you gave an example of one game that they were in and they lost there's an example of a game that they were in and they won but they didn't so what are we saying that wipes out your art That wipes out what you just said about the last game the thing is we're talking game by game we're talking game by game i could go i can go to the the christmas game and run down stats and tell you the same thing and say hey they had them both in there and they won Uh, i could talk about the game you just said they had them both in there and they lost they had them, they didn't have, they didn't have them in this last game and the game was still close who I do believe that if they're in the game, they make they do make a difference, but I'm not going overboard and saying, you know, making determinations off of one single game. And I think I agree with you there where it's like, everybody is like, Oh, drop them in there. It's over for the, for the Lakers. I'm not going to go that far and say that. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily believe that because even going into this, I told y'all, I still think that I still give the Lakers the advantage mainly because Anthony Davis is just a mismatch and you still have LeBron, you still have LeBron, you still have LeBron and they are a super long team. If they can just put it together, you just said they play defense well, right? Right. They play defense well. They're a long team. You got LeBron and you got Anthony Davis. I mean, that's that's
1: two of the two probably two of the top eight players in the NBA right now. Again, I think with Lou Williams, he is what he's good at. I think having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out there together it negates what he's good at. They're taking I'm I'm, I'm just going based off of if you go on on the opening day when Kawhi who didn't play? Paul George that's didn't great. play. Lou Williams had was it 18 or let me see on so opening day Lou Williams had 21 points 8 of 14 with no Paul George let's fast forward to the Christmas game okay so we're going to go to the Christmas game Lou Will had like 6 points 7 points something like that yeah 7 points then you go fast forward to the to the game in March before the season ended right Lou Will had another 7 point game bad shooting from the field so again and that's why I'm trying to tell you everybody keeps saying, "Oh, sweet Lou, Harold." Yeah, Montrez is 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 flourishing because he's in a different position. He's going to get all his shit under, you know, Hustle he's going to exactly. He's going to get do all the dirty work. The Lakers don't have anybody that's down there that's willing to do the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? So, Lou um Montrez Harold is going to get the dirty work and he's shown that that in every game he's got about 20 points. But Lou will. There's only one ball. If if PG is taking 20 shots, Paul um, and and Kawhi is taking 20 shots. Lou will. You don't have the same output that but you that you would have if one of them were off the floor. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So I only- agree with you. What I'm asking you to do is give me his
2: averages since you want to look at numbers. Though you're just throwing out numbers. The game is it's not all just the numbers. There's some players out there who give you this, this, and that, and you've even talked about a couple on the Lakers, your boy Caruso. But if you're giving me numbers, I'm not give me them. his average. Give me his average over the course of the season, because I can I can point to games where maybe Paul George and Kawhi uh, Leonard didn't bring it, and if the difference was uh you know some points that Lou Williams put on the board. There's some games where he's gonna, where he has scored six, seven, or, but there's some games where he scored 20, 15, this, this, and that. I guarantee you he's not averaging six points a game for the season.
0: What scares- I ain't even got to look at his average to say that. What scares me about this matchup, though, is that it was a two-point victory. There was no Lou Will. There was no Montrez Harrell on that end, and they're coming back. But with the Lakers, there's still no Rondo. There's still no Avery
1: Bradley. What you're telling me, Kev, is that um, going forward you can expect Danny Green to shoot two for six from three point line. Carlwell Pope to shoot zero oh for three. Uh, Deion Waiters to shoot one for six. Uh, LeBron James to shoot two for seven. Like the Lakers didn't have their best game. Everybody's acting like man. The Lakers came out. They had they had all you know. They had all guns blazing. And they won by two points. They look just as bad as the Clippers look bad. The only person, there, there were two people that really looked good in that game. It was Anthony Davis for the first three quarters and Paul George. Paul George, and, and just to get, just to be very honest with you, he followed that up. Yeah. Cooking the fucking, uh, cooking the Pelicans the next night. So, and, and the sad part is when you talk about Clippers-Lakers, or just the the Clippers in general, the person that really gets the least talked about is Paul George. It is. People talk about Sweet Lou more than they talk about Paul George. Like, they talk about Kawhi, who's who hasn't hasn't played back-to-backs during the season man paul george ask ask
2: kevin what i say kevin what do i say about paul george
0: dwayne parker aka dp says that paul george is a top five player in the world and what do
2: i say about him on the clippers team though the best player on the clippers team i really believe that but uban i just want to be clear though like i i agree that it's you know there's only one ball. What I'm saying is I don't judge everything off of one game or one single performance. So I don't, I don't like, I don't like to like say, well, look at this game where he did this. You know what I'm saying? Like I could point to a shitty game LeBron had, but LeBron's not going to do that every time. The same way you just said, when is waiters going to shoot like this? Is he going to keep doing this? Is Danny Green going to keep doing that? Do you expect him to keep doing that? Nah, it's not going to happen. So if you're looking at a, like a, playoff picture where motherfuckers got to play each other you know possibly seven times you know what i'm saying the outcomes are going to be different the numbers are going to be different the impact that players make in the game is going to be different so i mean i'm not i'm not basing it all so i don't i don't want it to be misunderstood like i'm not basing it all on them being there um but i i don't completely agree that they couldn't or don't have the potential to like change the game or uh, shift it into the Clippers' favor. I think that is definitely
1: a possibility. I, I'll end it with this. Um, if there is a player that scares me on the Clippers' team, it's Paul George. Right. right. I'm not scared. I, I don't I'm scared. Kawhi looks um, out of shape. He looks like Zion. I guess what that's why New Orleans <laughs> did what they did with Zion. He's looking, like, really slow and out of shape. Paul George, I mean, his catch and shoot is killing him. I mean, Literally. Hot potato that shit to his ass, and he's yanking that shit <laughs> right now. But he was doing that before the season ended. It's just that because Kawhi was the 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 bigger of the two signings, he just came off of winning the championship, MVP, finals. He got all the fanfare, and Man. then we talk about the demeanor. Talk Paul about George, it, nigga. Paul George is just as quiet as Kawhi, so he's not really asking for any of the. Kawhi's been shooting the commercials. I literally just told my brother the
2: same shit. I was like, had that been Paul George who won a championship or something, they'd be talking about Paul George's this and this and that. da 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 Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean. I cannot disagree. I, I'll end this part you with me that my too. take. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I'll end my take on this part with this. Whatever players are in the mix, whoever's doing what, I think the Clippers will make a mistake if they continue to rely on shooting the three ball. If they keep... Just jacking up threes, they ain't gonna win. Mark my word.
1: Ask, um, ask fucking D'Antoni because remember that last last season when um they lived and died by the three against Golden State.
0: Speaking of D'Antoni, it's funny. So D'Antoni was, you know, the the originator of the small ball when he was with the Phoenix Suns and it was coaching with the Phoenix Suns back in you know the early two thousands. You know, they they had a whip with uh with they put Amari Stoudemire at the time who was 6'10, they put him at the center, had Sean Marion 6'8, put him at the the power forward, which he was really a small forward, and they were running. Now, I said all that to say this. They couldn't get over the hump. And Dan Tony back then traded Sean Marion and some other pieces and bought in a big man in Shaq and really killed the team. Now fast forward to him coaching in Houston. And he's got a young big man in Clint Capella. And he says, I bought in Russell Westbrook. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice and go big. I'm going to trade my big man in Clint Capella. And I'm going to bring in a, a small forward, a 6'7 small forward with Robert Covington. And we're going to really do this small ball thing all over again. Talk about how has been haunting his conscience all those years about that Shaq trade.
1: <laughs> put it, hey, I'm going to put it to you like this. Fuck the Shaq trade. But I'm going to put it to you like this. If Dan Toney can somehow finagle a championship with his style of basketball, it will ultimately change the way basketball is played. The reason they ha- the reason the NBA hasn't gone full-on small ball is because that shit hasn't won a championship yet. You still have to have, you know, uh, a certain type of structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to lean on the big guys to do the dirty work down low, even if you talk about Golden State. But had you given, I say you given, if had you given Tony, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, those guys, that team, man, we'd be, I think they would be, we'd be looking at it totally different. And Kevin, I was going to say, man,
2: If we're talking about small ball, I don't, I mean, you got to throw Don Nelson out there, man. Yeah, but back when when you're talking about originators, you know, you got to, you got to throw him out there. He he was, he was unconventional with his, with his situation too. I think that's what kind of got them off to being a running style type team out there in Golden State, to be honest. And it just kind of, it kind of, you know, uh, evolved from there. Yeah. Okay. I, I will agree with that. I'm just, I, the only reason
0: I didn't say Don Nelson is because he went with seven foot centers, one of those centers. Yeah. But
2: I mean, they weren't the main guys, you know. I mean, I could, I could say Golden State has a footer out there, but what did he do? They had Javel McGee and won a championship with him. You know what I'm saying? So, but they, you would, you would say that they were running guns, small ball style basketball. Um, I think the center is out there for the sake of, defending whoever the big man is on the other squad but the the gist of the the team and how it's running is through the guards and stuff so i think nelson
1: kind of okay. but, but here's the thing fast forward to 2020 i just watched milwaukee with oh yeah with the odds on favorite to win mvp Giannis, and the brook uh, brook lopez and robin lopez two seven footers yeah. and they just got beat by houston because the league has morphed into again. You're Anthony Davis. You're a legitimate seven footer. Why do you want to be out at the? Why do you want to be out at the at the perimeter as a shooting threat rather than being on the block where you are unguardable? I saw plays in that Milwaukee Rock uh, Houston game where Brook Lopez playing a five is standing at the three point line, and PJ Tucker is basically inside. But inside by the paint, waiting for rebounds. You're not even a threat to rebound the fucking basketball, bro. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You're playing right into their hands. I need you on the block, and even as soft as you are, Brooke Lopez. If PJ Tucker thinks that at six six he can guard you at seven foot, you need to fucking punish him, bro. If you guys want to fucking shoot sixty two three pointers every time we get a chance in the block, we are going to fucking punish you. Yeah. PJ Tucker yeah. will foul out of every game because I am going to fucking punish him. Like
2: I, I'm interested to know who, how many threes the uh, Bucks shot because they they were settling. That's how you let them off the hook. Exactly. You know, we let them off the hook. <laughs> uh, but nah, you know. <laughs> But, but, but you're right, Uba it's like you got to you got to counter shit like as a coach and as players would you gotta counter something, you know what I'm saying? It's like boxing if you do something well, I gotta have a counter to that shit, like yes, if you have a seven footer and you got <laughs> bJ Tucker is supposed to be defending him, yeah, and I think Brooke Lopez had a good game. he went over twenty if I remember correctly, um, he missed a lot of buttons. but yeah, yeah. But the thing is, you know, it's it's back to like the points that y'all were making before, is become it, it has become just a, a gunning type league. I'm shooting the ball. You see Giannis pulling up threes. Yeah. Pulling up like dribbling pull up three. Airball. This the, he <laughs> man. In in a situation where you know, you would you would think it was you go for a two for one. Uh, there was a play where they went for the other squad. Who were they playing before the other day? Milwaukee, Boston, Boston, Boston. Uh, Celtics. they're playing Boston. So Boston comes down and Boston goes for the two for one. Right? They shoot early and they had like twenty something seconds left. But Giannis comes down and shoots a three with like eighteen seconds left. Yo, you're not getting the
1: ball back now. <laughs> like it's, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> it's, it's so it's so dumb and it's and it goes and it really goes to the coaching the coaching has felt has fallen off like because you can't either the coaching has fallen off or the coaches have lost the ability to go and actually coach the players
2: yeah man um so i want to i want to kind of shift to like the the uh, makeup of the games man and like just how it's going and and see what y'all think about it they got this thing um Microsoft Teams together mode and this is how they're bringing the fans into the mix so basically um the teams get to pick their fans so the actual individual teams get to pick who their fans are and there is a moderator for every group of 10 fans and that moderator's job is to you know basically police the situation so if you're on there trying to you know show your ass or your titties or flip people off or you know cuss and do shit that you know obscene and foul language they're kicking your ass out um if you get up from your seat and you leave they'll replace you with another fan and they they bring in the fans from this uh this overflow so there's fans who are just sitting waiting in this overflow section to be pulled in for a chance to you know sit and be live watching the game on the on the screens that you guys are seeing around the around the um the court Mm -hmm. uh so they're trying to i guess you would say do their best to involve the fans and make it as organic of a experience as possible so what how y'all feel about that shit? like it was one it was funny man because they had chris paul's son there and
0: chris paul was looking like whoa wait he's looking looking a little, a little perplexed like damn man, they got my son here um, I thought the Paul Pierce one was funny, man. I don't know if y'all saw the game today with the Celtics uh versus Portland. Right. Uh, uh Portland losing by twenty and came back, and Paul Pierce was looked like he wanted to pull his hair out. <laughs> he was very emotional and very irritated by the way that Boston was playing. So,
1: I mean, ESPN or TNT, they'll do their part to highlight certain people that's in the crowd. Like, if you guys didn't tell me that Carrie Kittles was in the crowd, I would I wouldn't know. It'd just be another silly looking motherfucker standing sitting in front of their computer doing some dumb shit or doing this with a jersey with a, you know, you know, yanking their jersey out. And it's like, uh, I get it. It is what it is, man. Like, I don't even pay that shit attention when I'm watching the games, you know. But and it was I was kind of. I was kind of uh, torn between how I was gonna feel because when they started with the with the scrimmage games, I was like, "Ah, man, these aren't real games, and it's already it looks like a summer league game, man." So I was like, "I ah, will watch the Lakers," but then you know they they pull them out halfway through the games and shit like that. So I was like, "It's not the same feel." I didn't get excited. So I was kind of like, "Okay, let me see how this first how this first real game on Thursday how it goes." And you know, watching the players being out there from start to finish. Halfway through the game, once the intensity kicks in, you you forget that they're playing, you know, in an arena with nobody there because and they're pumping in. Uh, it's so crazy because like if you kind of turn away, they're pumping in like the whoever the home team is. Like if they make a basket, like they'll raise like the, 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 the volume of like the, the noise that they're pumping in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that. So you kind of after a while, you kind of just get to a point where it's like it feels like it's a real game. And then you can kind of see like some cutouts in the backboard that I mean, in the background that, you know, it, it is what it is. But I'll, they could have an empty stadium with just the crowd with that pumped in crowd noise. And I'll be good with that, you know,
2: but that's a, that's a good point, man, because if you really think about it, the majority of the people who watch the games are not at the arena anyway. So this is a move to appease the fans who are watching on TV to make it like a. a You know, a regular type experience like you really watching an NBA game, you know what I'm saying, versus what you were just saying, some summer league shit, because if it was the summer league vibe, people would feel different about it. But they're trying to make it to where it's like if you if you look away and you just listen, it might sound like it's, you know, it's a regular NBA game fans are there and all that kind of shit you know what i mean but yeah, it's it's definitely different and it's probably way different to the dudes who are actually at
1: the game playing and shit so if you think about it look they got they got their peers out there yeah they cutting up they trying to you know they showing off for them right
0: i think that the nba is gonna have to make changes though like going forward when you look at the way that the courts are now you have more space on the sideline so now players aren't tripping and falling into benches um, which is a good thing for the players. They, they, just, they seem to have more space, and it looks like they like that. Even under the basket and around the basket, behind the baseline, there's a lot of empty space, and players are utilizing that space.
2: I'm going to tell you why that won't happen if you go back to uh, crowd attendance is because people pay a premium to be that close to the game. You know what I'm saying? So if you got seats that are fucking 20 feet, 10 feet away from the court, it's kind of like mm, you know, it's a little bit different. I get you, like safety of the players, and you know, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of change they would make in that case, but I, I know the argument against it would be, you know, that's part of the the experience. You're closer to the fans. You talk about football versus basketball and everybody always says it's more of a personable type experience because you can see the players' faces, you're that close, they could high five you. They might run over you and spill your motherfucking beer or slap your nachos or your pizza out your hand when they're trying to save a ball or some shit like that. So I mean, you know, you, you'd be taking that part of the, the experience away from it. So it's, I mean a lot of shit is up in the air, but it's also a good point too though.
0: I like the way that the seating is set up too for the players. Like I I, I mean it's different but I like it. like Yeah, because,
1: it's, I mean, it's there's nobody there. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> basically threw, like, 30 chairs up there, like, hey, man, if y'all gonna- gonna- hang out, <laughs> like, it's, yeah.
2: It's like, it's like the premier section at a game. You know, you, you get right. one of those box sections and all y'all just chill and watch the shit. Well, it's cool, hey. man, like,
0: when you, when you see the teams, like, in these close games where the teams will go down and score, it'll go to the bench and you'll see all of them jumping up and yelling and it's like man they really into this shit it doesn't look as much as a spectacle or like commercialized when they be standing up on the bench throwing up the b when they when when someone's hitting the 3 or, or 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 something like that like it, it it just it's a it's a whole different feel and yeah i did say the b so when they hit the 3 cuz you know they <laughs> really throwing up blood
1: the 90% of people don't even know they throwing up it's just now is just the, the universal sign for three-pointer
2: <laughs> So look before we get up out of here I want I want to throw something else out there and this shit is kind of crazy to me that we have actually gone from it being questioned or highlighted that someone did not stand or was kneeling during the national anthem but now it's being highlighted that somebody is standing. Instead of kneeling or sitting during the national anthem, because you had Jonathan Isaac and Myers Leonard, Isaac of the Orlando Magic and Leonard
1: um, of the Portland Trailblazers. Isaac, who what just heard, y'all think about that shit. Isaac, who just hurt himself today as well. Yeah, that's you know I I, I, re, I refuse to go on the internet because some people will say that <laughs> that's <laughs> what the fuck you get, but. Um, <laughs> It it is what it and again in in a world where everybody wants to stand out, you know, you're going to get people that, you know, they're looking, you know, my thing is they're looking at what can I do to differentiate myself from somebody else? When Jonathan Isaac started talking, I was like, bro, what the fuck are you saying? You're talking about some shit that has nothing to do, bro, either you take a knee or you don't want to take a knee, but you are talking about Christianity and we are all sinners. And I'm like, bruh, you're trying. Okay, we get it. You want to be the one to to break the mold and say, hey, everybody, well, every, you know, when everybody goes left, I go right. When everybody goes up, I go down. So, okay, we get it. But bruh, if you're going to do that shit, have some shit that you want to stand on that's legitimate you know, to, to say, other than, you know, we wake up every morning and we fall short of what God asked. Uh, he was, he got to talking and I was like, you know what? I'm done listening to this, to this, this shit. Cause it doesn't even, it's not even jiving with what they're trying to, with, with what they're, what they're doing on the court. So then because of that, when well, Miles Leonard did it. And I think he, they interviewed him and he talked about it. And while he was standing, the player on the right and the left of him was grabbing him around his leg as because <laughs> they were locking arms. So while he was standing up <laughs> Just they couldn't lock arms with him. <laughs> Motherfucker had him around his around his calf on both sides. I'm like, bro, this is I got to lock arms and just let him stand behind and stand on his own. And I think he they interviewed him afterwards and I didn't want to hear what it was like.
2: His brother his brother's in the service and um, you know he, he's kind of respecting that and then um, what's his name just to throw something out on Isaac too they were saying he's an ordained minister and um, but I was a, I was in the same boat as you kind of waiting to see where he was gonna really draw that connection you know like Bridget you know what I'm saying and I was just like, okay, that's all good that's all good and it was just kind of like a cliffhanger like but but why but um yeah the but Leonard was because of his brother
1: okay and I still won't in the military and I still will never get the fact that that military thing because the the idea of taking a knee came from a military guy so all these people that hide behind that and again if you don't want to kneel listen at this point you know not to and I'll let Kev take that route because you know that's that's always been his stance um but it's more symbolism than anything like this shit I love the you know I love the fact that they not letting up but you know it is what it is at this point. I I don't care either way. I'm just ready to see basketball. Um, motherfuckers have an opportunity to affect change in, you know, in voting in November. So, you know, and I think that that shit may be tricky as fuck just off of the fact that a lot of people are going to have to do, um, you know, mail a, a vote from home. And, you know, once that shit leaves, you don't know where the fuck that shit went. And did that motherfucker make it and so on and so forth? You know, this November election going to be tricky. But, you know, I think that's that that's the starting point right there. This all this other stuff is just, you know, millionaire athletes uh, believing that they're doing, you know, that this is affecting change. And maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? But, you know, at this point, I, I take nothing from the standing or kneeling or any any of the other shit. At this point, I don't mean I, I'm just
0: wondering, Why are we still doing the national anthem? I mean, it's a it's a sporting event. Like, are you? I mean, you all, you're corporate. Are you saluting the flag or doing the national anthem when you go to work? Do you have to do it every day? No. So, why are these gentlemen? Why? Why does? Why does anyone have to salute a flag before you start your profession
2: and start this event? Well, I, th- this is what I was just I was just saying. I'm just saying that it's just crazy that the the tables have turned. You know what I mean? Like the news now is or or where you pointing the finger is like, look, so and so is standing for the national. Event. You know, you know what I mean? Versus, you know, rewind some months back, it's like, why why are we kneeling? Why is so and so doing that? Like it's just it's been a complete flip flop
1: of that storyline. You know what I mean? So And and again, the one thing I will the one thing I will commend in the short term, the NBA players for is You know they're making it a point to like we're not taking our foot off the gas like this shit is going to continue we're not letting up so like you know in the past there have been you know there'll be like a symbolic gesture and then motherfuckers you know they wore the i can't breathe t-shirts for like a day and then it was like all right now back to the you know regularly scheduled programming but now they're kind of like nope we're we're the only thing on tv we're the only league that's working Motherfucker, and we're going to make sure that y'all see this shit every single day that y'all turn this on because the ratings are up for the NBA. And if you don't know these players, you're definitely not going to know who they are because they don't have 90% of them. Unless you're, <laughs> unless, you're a, listen, unless you're a clutch sports athlete, you don't have your name on the back of the jersey. You know what I mean? Like you got some shit like Ally. One motherfucker said, I am a man. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> very trench. I am a man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh
0: shit. I'm like, man, what the fuck... <laughs> Yeah, they got stuff in other languages. Like you, you see um, well What's his? I can't even think of his name, damn, because his name ain't on the back of the jersey. Seventy-seven foot, Mavericks. What is this day? Doncic, Doncic, yeah.
2: Luca Doncic. <laughs>
0: Notch got some other language on the bag. What is he really saying? What is
1: this? Oh, man, that's crazy. Hey, real quick, man. Uh, about a month, maybe a month and a half ago, Kev said that um, he thought the NFL would figure it out. And I think we were kind of like kind of out on the NBA as far as figuring it out. To date, the NBA is the only league. They took their time to come back. They didn't rush to come back. It took their time to come back, and it looks like they are the only ones that have gotten it right, and the NFL is stumbling out the blocks. The MLB is a shit show. Let's oh, man. fucking take a second to commend the NBA for doing it the right way. And and the NBA had to do it because they were actually
2: in the process of their season. So these other these other sports were in the offseason. Yep. Like the NFL is in the offseason. You know what I'm saying? They had time to think about
1: it. And they still not getting it right. They're still not getting it right. MLB, if you would... And again, we don't talk about baseball like that. If you guys were to research some of the stuff that was going... How the MLB brought the league, the 60-game league that they're... um, The 60-game season that they're doing, how they brought it about, it's laughable. It is fucking laughable, the shit that they're doing. And I'm not surprised that they're getting a lot of coronavirus uh, positive tests. But... (sighs) None, none in the NBA by the way to your
2: point of them figuring it out none of the NBA in the NBA to this point so let's commend,
1: let's commend the NBA for taking their time and being a progressive thinking league that really made this shit happen I, I, I commend you for that.
2: what's up y'all don't forget to follow us on IG Twitter and Facebook at 2P's and a bong that is the number two, W-O-P-E-E-Z, A-N-D-A-B-O-N-G. Two P's in a bomb. That's our handle on IG, Twitter, and Facebook, y'all. Thanks for rocking with us. We'll catch y'all on the next one.